We're going to spend some more time in prayer at the uh, end of the service tonight and uh, just uh, believing that God will minister and meet needs. Prayer works. Prayer works. I received prayed with a couple who witnessed a horrific accident on Memorial Boulevard just a little while ago of a motor dump truck running over a motorcycle, dragging the rider and the motorcycle for I don't know how many blocks. And uh, just unbelievable. We pray for that family. That's just recent. That just happened a few minutes ago. Uh, continuing to pray. Syria, for example, the challenges, bombing of hospitals and children and and civilians. And here's the word innocent civilians. Uh, amazing that we would have to put innocent civilians on anything. Uh, but nonetheless, our world needs prayer. You have the answer, and it is the power of prayer. We want to listen to the word tonight, listen and let God lead. How many of you are stubborn and hard-headed sometimes? Okay, some of you didn't raise your hand that I know you are more than a little hard-headed. I want to challenge the hearts with the Word of God. And I want you to please listen and let God lead you. If you have uh, need notes, if you didn't get notes when you came in, raise your hand and we'll get notes to you. We can do that. Keep those hands. Here come the ushers immediately watching for the hands that are now raised. These people are getting faint and getting weary. Your hands have been up longer than they have the ability to keep them up. So just keep them up over here, over here, over here, over here. So uh, thank you. Keep it up until you get the notes, okay? Uh, Charles uh, Bruxton said, I want you to experience shows that success is due less to ability than zeal. It is due less to ability than to zeal. He says, the winner or the one that succeeds is he who gives himself to his work, body and soul. May not be the best talented, the best skilled, the best educated, but I have a lot of stick to I have zeal to get the job going in the right direction. My dad used to tell me it's not theology at all. Son, get busy even if what you're doing is wrong. Well, I understand the underlying message. Don't just stand there. Don't just sit there. Get up and go do something. Don't sit idly by. And we didn't do that at all in my life. It's a wonderful statement. He gives himself to his work, his body and soul. It's true as long as you're going in the right direction. This is a true story. One of my minister friends of whom I had a meal with in the last uh, little bit, said to me today, he was in uh, the Lake City area, I guess, and he said, uh, I pulled into Ocala, going to come on down 75 to come back into Lakeland, and I stopped uh, in the area to get fuel and uh, on my phone, I got in my car on my phone, and he said, I, I have no idea, but I came from the Lake City area, headed back home here to Lakeland, Stopped in Ocala there, gassed up, turned, and he said, the next thing I knew, I was at the I-10 exit above Lake City. He said, I was headed in the wrong direction, and I didn't even realize it. I didn't understand it. I got to tell you, friend, that has never happened to me. I mean, to think that you can be so focused on the phone that you don't realize you're headed in the direction you just came from. But I want you to think with me for a moment in the lives of individuals. 
how that individuals are lost because they're not headed in the right direction. They're not going the right way. There's only one way, and that is to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit and follow the lead of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are some people so busy, they are burning the candle at both ends. Burning it at both ends. But if you're going in the wrong direction and you're burning the candle at both ends, it means you come up with nothing. And God created us for our life to be able to count. It is Saul. He's known to us as Paul. He, of course, was the same individual. His conversion caused his name to change. We know that many people in life want to win. We all do. I don't know many people that wake up every day and say, I'd just like to lose today, unless you're talking about weight. I just like to be a loser, live the life of a loser. Uh, no, unless you're talking about weight, we very seldom ever say that. Most of us say, I want to succeed. But the greatest success in the world has to do with one thing that is extremely important, and that is to be in the will of God. I want to be in the will of God. I want to walk in the will of God. If I am moving at 90 miles an hour, burning the candle at both ends, and I'm not going in the direction that God desires for me to go, what have I gained? I have actually lost. We know that doing the will of God is not hard to do if you have a purpose. And today when uh, uh, the speaker of the house uh, stood and he said, Billy Graham woke up every day. He read, of course, or quoted Matthew, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. He said, Billy Graham woke up every day. That was his message. That was his focus. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That had purpose to it, and all of his life was focused on that. So tonight, I want to talk for a few minutes about spiritual challenges. We are all challenged. doesn't make any difference who you are. doesn't matter what, how much money you have. doesn't matter about your family, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're widow, whatever the case, we all have challenges. And we know, we know that we have to be careful when we have the kind of success that the average American has had. We are a people that happen to be blessed beyond our wildest imagination. Most of us have junk that we don't know what to do with when we go to spring cleaning or whatever the case. How in the world did that get there? So we know that we are blessed beyond anything we could imagine. But here's what happens in a successful culture. Here's what happens in a blessed culture. Here's what happens to a family culture when they are blessed to the degree they don't have to count every penny, got more clothes than they can wear, et cetera, et cetera. I call it the personal glory syndrome. Say that with me, the personal glory syndrome. It's Acts 9, verse number 1. Meanwhile, or in the meantime, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciple, and he went to the high priest. Saul was locked in to what could be considered, for the purpose of this message, a personal glory syndrome. He saw a need, and he saw an opportunity, and he thought, I can do something about it. I can succeed. And so he went, of course, to the high priest and began to say, here's what I'm able to do. 
this new bastion of, of young believers that are following after the message of Jesus. I can stop that. I can stop the church. I can slaughter those people. I can take them out. I can burn their churches. And the Bible said very subtly that's actually what he did. Some of the things that they did in torture in that day was take metal plates and put them over a fire until they were almost blue hot and then ask disciples and place them on there in their naked body laying flat on their back on those hot plates and would watch them sizzle to death. In the testimony of one of those disciples, over a period of five minutes after being burned beyond recognition on that side, he said, you can turn me now because I'm done on that side. If you can imagine sewing up those who stood for the gospel in animal fur with the fleshly inside there and sewing the feet together and sewing the arms together so that there's nothing but a person's head out and then letting wild animals come and gnaw at the feet and gnaw at the head as a part of you must recant your faith and give it up. And Paul was an individual that stood, saw that individual stood and said, I will not hold back anything to stop this church. And in his mind and in his heart, he thought he was doing the right thing. The reality was he had a personal glory syndrome. He saw a need, I'm going to fill it. His father was a Pharisee. He was a Roman citizen. He studied under the best, Gamaliel. He was an arch persecutor. He was a man of law. He personally committed to the obtaining success through destroying and persecuting every believer that his people could run into for nothing more than believing, I'm doing the right thing to honor the Romans. I'm doing the right thing to uphold the law. But he was dead wrong. In his personal glory syndrome, we are directed by one thing. We're directed by one thing. Here it is. It's our will, not thy will be done. It's this is what I desire out of my life. It, it is a choice. When you reach a level, I've watched people here in 29 years oftentimes not having anything initially and being as faithful as they could be don't have a lot of room to go see a movie don't have a lot of room in the budget to go travel don't have a lot of things there that they can be able to offer and give and i've watched them as they got more and more successful and i can tell you this more times than i care to admit i have watched people once blessing and favor begin to come in multiplicity their commitment to the church became lax. Their commitment to follow through became lax. Their commitment to pray, their commitment to believe, because now, look what I have been able to obtain. Sadly to say, our choices are often made for the wrong reason. We cannot deny the fact that we are attracted to money. We cannot deny the fact that we are attracted to beauty. 
I don't know of many men who sit out and say, you know what, it's time for me to get married. I'm 36 years of age. Let me go see if I can find me an ugly woman. And I don't know many women who say, you know what, I think I'm interested now in a man, and I'm going to find me the homeliest, ugliest, weakest-looking man I can find. We are attracted to decent looks. Somebody say amen. We are attracted to power and to strength. You see, there's power in wanting your own way. There's power in having it your way. We're attracted to positive personality. We're attracted to that. We're attracted to position. Oh, do you know what they do? Why, they are engaged in this, that, and the other, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yesterday, I was on the partway. It was, uh, I don't know, 1 o'clock maybe, 1.15, and I looked when I came on the partway, I I saw a state trooper back there. I have a keen eye for that kind of stuff. And, uh, and so I, I saw uh, a state trooper a good, good distance back, maybe a mile or so. And I thought, well, let me just check my speed. Let me, uh, let me you know, I just want to be very, very careful. I have my own radar detector when Sharon is in the car. Do you know you're speeding? Yes. About three or four weeks ago, I got a present or in the mail. And it says, I'm paraphrasing, to the person or to the man who has everything. And I opened it up. I thought, well, and it was a, it was a, a shield for a car tag, like really nice plate, and then it has a plastic shield that goes over the tag. And I was, it was given to me by one of the deacons here in the church, and I'll not mention his name, but he's right over there. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I, I wonder why he gave that to me. Now, I don't go around every day looking at my tag. How many of you do that? I mean, just go and let me go take a look at my tag. I, I didn't do that, but I got okay. I've got that. I kind of put it aside. So yesterday, I looked and I turned to Sharon. I said, you know what? There are blue lights right on us. Were you speeding? I said, I cannot tell a lie. <laughs> I was not. I saw him a long way back. He pulled over. I got my license out. Give me the registration. He walks over to the side, Sharon's side of the car. She rolled the window down. He said, how are y'all doing today? I said, we're good, officer. Here's my license, my registration. He said, I don't need it. I said, thank you, Jesus. You are so good. God is so good. He said, uh, your tag. He said, you have a plate over it. Or the only said, I couldn't, couldn't read your tag. He said, I ought to be able to read it such distance. I said, for real? So I, I said, I want to take a look at it. And I went back. He said, see, I said, sure enough, it's tough to read. He said, if you don't mind, I'd appreciate you would get that changed. And, of course, I said, could we debate that a few minutes if you don't mind? I, I don't see it like you see it. I mean, I didn't do that. What did I do? Yes, sir. I'll take care of that. I thought of Todd. I thought, Lord, he knew you talk about deacon with power and anointing and anticipate the future. I said, Todd sent me a deal for my tag. And, buddy, tonight I'm going to put it on my car. 
I said, well, officer, is that all? He said, that's it. I said, what about my speed? He said, oh, you weren't speeding. We were in the back of the car. I said, uh, how, was, how was I driving? He said, you're, you're in good shape. It's just your tag. I said, do you mind walking up to the window where my wife's at? I walked up there. I said, Officer Valente, would you like to repeat to her what you just told me, if you don't mind? He said, Madam, he was not speeding. Speed was okay. He was driving good. Well, <coughs> naturally, I thought I want to find out about him. I learned about his wife, learned about his family, learned about where he lived, learned about all those things, and invited him to church, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when I told him who I was, when he asked, where is your church, Reverend? I said, uh, victory. Victory? Yes, sir. Wow. He looked at me like I shouldn't be the one to be the lead pastor. He said, you're the lead pastor? I said, well, ta-da. You know? Here I am. He'll be at church before it's over. Didn't give me a ticket. Isn't that wonderful? Didn't get any citation. You know what? Let me just tell you something, friend. We can be enamored with position. But Billy Graham, in the, in the speeches that were given today in the rotunda, they said, the only reason he said that I am where I'm at is because of Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's why I am where I am at. When you have a glory that is a, a syndrome, you get used to the comfort and convenience and social status, and we're all into that. But there's nothing wrong with any of those things as long as this, as long as we're walking and ascertaining God's will for our lives. You see, I just believe that we ought to be more cautious and careful to ask this question, God, am I in your will? Am I walking in your will? And if they're not, it won't be long. If individuals are in the self-glory syndrome, you know this, it won't be long that there won't money that you have won't be enough. Beauty will fade, power will lapse, position will lose its challenge, personality will sour, social status will be lost, and comfort will become sleepless nights. And if only we could teach our children, don't get in the self-glory syndrome. Honor Jesus Christ, love God, follow his will, follow his way. You see, what and where you are in life is not nearly as important as who you are at the feet of Jesus. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all that you need to make a difference will be added to you. Saul was prepared for success. He was trained for success. He had zeal for success. He had opportunity. There was one thing. It was not God's agenda. It wasn't God's agenda. If we follow God's agenda, it becomes extremely important. Here's the second one. Time out, the time out corner. The time out corner, say that with me, the time out corner, personal success syndrome. How many has ever been in time out? How many should have been in time out? May I see your hand? When I was in school, you know this, elementary, we, I, don't, I don't know when time out came into being. 
But just, but in my day, it, there was no time out. It's come here. You misbehave in church, come here. You know, if you sassed anybody, come here. If you disrespected somebody, come here. How many understand what I'm talking about? It wasn't come and let's negotiate. Come let's barter. Oh, no. It was come here. Now, of course, I understand time out. If you understand it correctly, time out. But here's the time out corner. Get this now. When you choose to go your way in a wrong direction, down a wrong path, and fulfilling your agenda, sooner or later, God will take you to a timeout corner. He'll take you to a place and say, Time out. Something will happen that will grab your attention. Acts 9 4, he fell to the ground, heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? When you're headed in a direction that is not favorable for you and for God, God will enable you to make it to the timeout place. You'll sense and feel like, wow, I feel conviction. I feel God speaking to me. Saul was slaughtering Christians by the hundreds and fulfilling the law, fulfilling his agenda, fulfilling the, the law of, of those around him at that time. But he was sincerely wrong, absolutely wrong. The timeout corner is unavoidable. And we see many, many young people who hit it, many young families who hit it, that God takes you to a timeout when we act before we pray, when we act before we pray, when we secure before we seek, when our gifts are not being properly used and they're used to fulfill the personal glory syndrome, and when our talents are misused or hidden and kept private when God gave them to us, time out when our choices are not of God's desire when our labor is in absolutely the wrong field no person will reach his full potential unless he knows God's will and does it this is the way walk ye in it I've had asked me numerous times pastor I got this new job we're gonna have to travel we're gonna go we're going to move. We're going to relocate. What about the church there? We don't know. You know what my opinion is? Don't go anywhere and you, unless you know there's a great house of worship you're going to be engaged in because it is vital to the health of your family. Amen. And then don't take an increase that's going to take you out of church every other week so you can have more money. Why? Because consistently in the lives of your children, they need this family worship. And nothing takes the place of that. We understand that. We have so many ills today that take us away to whether it's sports or it's athletics. Our children, our teens need to know there is a priority in our family, and this is it. This is it. We understand that. You see, the individual knows the full potential when we develop natural gifts and we use them in the field well God wants and say, God, that's what you desire of me. When we're willing to always learn more, what do you have to say to me? When we're willing that to fail even in order to win. 
when we have a sense to know where to adjust and where to change and when we're willing to stretch, many of you in this room have had supernatural miracles in your life. Let me say to you, do not forget the hand where that miracle came from. Don't forget it. God did not give you a supernatural miracle for you to shift into timeout or into the rest area. He gave you that miracle that you might light that fire and make it burn brightly. Saul cried out in the hot sun beating down on his head into the middle of the dirt with dirt and sand in his mouth. And he said, oh God, how did I get here? How did I wind up blind, dusty, hot, and thirsty? How did I miss this that his own guards had to lead him from that point? He wasn't technically blind. He was stone cold blind. His mission was impossible. Why? Because God wasn't in it. God had plans and he told he told those that was going to pray for him the plans that God had for him. And when he realized he was in trouble, he knew he needed to make some adjustments. Now God speaks to him. Do you think God could speak to him? The only way God spoke to him prior to this was through the mouth of Stephen watching his testimony. Now get up and go to the city where you be told what you must do. Ordered is the word told. Ordered what to do. He's not used to taking orders. Most people only change when the pain of life demands it. When the pain of life demands it, and some never have the courage to do it even then. And if you don't, you will spend your time in a corner without success. And what would have happened to Saul had he not responded to God? Every indication in the study he would have died. One individual stated, most barriers to your success are man-made, and most often you're the man who made them. Number three, the Spirit-led life. Somebody say amen. Amen. Acts 9, 15, but the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. This man has a special call on his life, but he's headed in the wrong direction. He hasn't paid attention. The Spirit-led life offers new opportunities. God expressed to Ananias the potential that he had Saul's sight had affected him, but now he has a new perspective. God wanted him to see things differently. He wanted him to enjoy the life that was totally dedicated to the cause of Christ. And to do that, you have to make those choices every day. It changes the way you make your life choices. It changes the way that you're not carried away with a fad or a moment of success or an ability to do otherwise that says, I am committed to you, Jesus, and I am committed to your church. I sign up. I am counted. It will show you how you view your life. You can have everything under the sun, but if you cannot say in the deep of your heart, I know I'm pleasing God, it shows how you view yourself and where you want to be at the end of life. What is it? 
What is the desired result? Billy Graham, I thought, I wept a few minutes. I thought that was his closing song in every crusade. And here he is in one of the most sacred buildings in the world. And his closing song, Just As I Am. Without one plea, but that thou blood was shed for me. The greatest, most influential leaders in our nation heard that song. At the end of the day, that is your desired result. The goals sometimes need to be adjusted, but the Spirit-led life, my friend, will create new opportunities and bring success to the inward man. Isaiah 61.10 says, And I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Saul left behind his anger, his frustration, his disappointment. And with that touch of God, the personal glory syndrome evaporated. And he became a soldier of Jesus Christ, so stated in 2 Timothy 1. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. And that is why I am suffering as I am, yet I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed, and I'm convinced that he, being God, is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. In a few moments, we're going to sit and pray, kneel and pray, walk and pray. But as you do, realize that you are under a special anointing tonight in this room. And I speak that to you, that you're not just an individual who may be tired and lack of dinner tonight. You are going to pray. And as a result of pouring your heart out, as Paul said in 2 Timothy, for I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I fought a good fight. I finished the race. I finished the course, and I've kept my faith. That's who you are in these moments together. So I'm asking you to ponder a couple thoughts. God, am I tracking with you? God, have I allowed even good things to get in the way of my absolute focus of you? And God, those that I am leading who are following me, looking for my influence, are they seeing a consistency in my walk that brings you glory? And God, am I being spirit-led? Am I saying every day, thy will be done? And is my life reflecting that? Because here's the deal. My life and your life will be over like a vapor. And what we do now, we need to do it with great intensity. So, Father God, we pause and we thank you for a moment. We pray that you would touch and meet the need of every person. We speak words of 
a favor in Syria. We pray continually in Parkland, Florida. We pray for our Sunday services on Easter Sunday as thousands gather here. God, let us work to see that everyone that may not be a follower of Jesus Christ address this question that we will address on Easter Sunday. Where will you spend eternity? Will it be in heaven? Is heaven real? Help us in our time tonight as we bow for prayer in these next 10 minutes and give us wisdom in Christ's name. Amen. Would you take a few minutes? Would you get cards? They're here. Would you find a place to pray with us for about 10 minutes and we'll, we'll have a song and call you back as we get ready for the benediction. Remember to pray. Believe God. Oh, would you stand please? Heavenly Father, we feel and sense your presence here. The many, many cards that I read and prayed over, God, if you can multiply those by a thousand, many of the cards are the same. Pray for my family, they'll come back to God. Pray for my son or daughter to get back in church. Pray that God will deliver my young person from drugs. Pray that God will bring this family back together. Pray that healing will come to that one that's sick, that has a brain bleed. Pray, God, that it'll be a good pregnancy. Pray for this church. They're all are the same. All the needs are. And, God, there are many that are diversified, but we know that there are great, great challenges that are there. You have the power to heal them all. And I pray over this group of people right here, for this is a special moment. We may not realize how special it is in the heavenlies tonight, but you are writing it down, Father. I pray out of this meeting tonight, we'll get reports of miracles that took place starting today because we prayed. That God, we write this down and we believe that if we prayed, we will hear the result of what that prayer did. In Jesus' name we claim it. Keep us all safe and we'll give you praise and honor in Christ's name. And everybody said, Amen. They're going to sing it one more time. God bless you as you go. You can stand to sing it together. You can leave. God bless.